And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. You know, we've been here talking about Peter Piper picking a peck of pickled peppers. Just really asking some of the big questions of life. Also, um, such questions as, if a woodchuck could chuck wood, how much woodchuck could a woodchuck wood, if a woodchuck could chuck wood? You know, the stuff that keeps you up at night, you know. Um, so today's question is, I don't know if it's going to be on the same level, Aaron. Um, but I'm ready we'll, for it. But we'll see. My question today, Aaron, is what does it mean to discover your own humanity? Oof. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I'll go second. I'll go second. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, for me initially, like finding your sense of compassion for mm. other people, mm. finding how you fit into this weird space that is like our civilization in our world. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's mm -hmm. a big part of it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Both of those definitely speaking to like a larger thing than yourself. I mean, yeah. humanity, um, compassion. I like that. Yeah. Um, we'll see what Star Trek has to say about it because of course you are listening loyal viewer at home to Star Trek stories. Episode. 28 deja q <laughs> um, the titles <laughs> i know the that, titles that's pretty close that's not bad deja q deja is q. the best yeah hide and q makes no sense no q who is like i don't know what are you whatever that's referring to <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to say that title deja q rhymes it seems to get to something so best q title so far um Yes, of course, I am your unexcelled host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my splendiferous co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. Splendiferous. How you doing, Jaron? Not too bad. Enjoying a nice, very warm Sunday, but oh. we got ice-cold lagers on our hands, so it could, could be worse. The weather's been great all week. It's finally mm -hmm. heating up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the week before, too, like all that nice, cloudy windiness was oh, yeah. very pleasant. Yeah, definitely. Like I always love a good... A good bit of sunshine at the end of a nice cloudy period. Loveless Sunday. Mm. Um, yes, for all of you at home, um, we are in the middle of our look at the TNG Renaissance. Um, last time we watched The Defector. Um, this was the second episode in our Romulan twofer where we fell down a rabbit hole of Shakespearean critique with our good friend, Austin Archer. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about the Romulans. Show Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, this week, we have a returning guest with us, back on the show with us. The very lovely Jake Barnes is back with us. Hello, Hello. Yes, I am back. I am back. You might say it's deja Q. Mm. Yeah, I'm back for another Q episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, Jake has been watching all of the TNG Q episodes with us, um, at least so far, um, and been a blast. Um, last time we watched the season two episode Q Who, um, which I think we agreed has been the best Q episode so far. That was the assessment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Like yes. easily. Easily, yeah. The most vulnerable, the most backstory, mm. some beef with Guinan. It was all there. Guinan beef. Guinan beef. Mm. <laughs> Showing up a rare helping of Guinan beef. Nope. <laughs> Only at Trump Tower. I'm so sorry I said rare? it. Rare? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say they've all been steadily improving, each one. Um, there's definitely, I think, a pretty a bigger jump from hiding Q to Q who, um, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see if this pattern holds, uh, with today's episode, Deja Q. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about all the Q episodes. Um, we've we've got a few under our belt. Um, I'm curious, Jake, what do you think makes Q such a compelling character that such a compelling character that clearly that they keep bringing him back over and over and over again? 
There's no shortage of Q episodes. Um, there's a few aspects. I think the first is John Delancey's performance. That's a, a great um, thing that people like to watch uh, over and over. It's fun to bring him back. He's got great chemistry with the cast. But I also think that he acts as this like measuring stick for humanity. Each time they bring him in, it's like, a, where do we stand at this current moment as humanity? And as uh, our progress evolves, Q always shows up at this time uh, to make us, us, to make the crew and the people of that time check themselves. Where do we actually stand? And so every time Q comes in, it's a reevaluation of that. Mm. He's the gut check and he's the executioner as well. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Yeah, I agree. And I also agree, and I, I didn't think about this too much, but as soon as you said, I think a big part is John Delancey, I absolutely agree. I think if someone else were playing the part, not on the same level as John Delancey, it even if Q is an interesting character, it still might be a bit of a different story. You know, because they did a a Q like being on the original series, Trelane, but he's only in one episode. They didn't see fit to like, they don't really, I mean, he gives a good performance in that one too. So maybe it is a combination of like, when you have that perfect synthesis, you found, you have a great character and then you found the perfect actor to play it. Uh, which is kind of rare, uh, unfortunately, when you have that just perfect synthesis of character and, and part. Um, it's surprising that Q doesn't show up in the TNG movies. Yeah, he's not in any of it's them. something to consider. Mm. Maybe it's because from a story perspective, he is like the antagonist, but I wouldn't call him a villain. I don't know. Maybe it didn't work for the feature presentation. You talked about Jake um, Q's great for kind of being that kind of um, that testing that measure for humanity. So in terms of the question we asked earlier, um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what it is to this idea of what it is to discover your own humanity? Uh, yeah. Um, off of what you both were saying, I'm glad that Aaron mentioned community because that's kind of where I fell into my thought fell into was okay community when I find my humanity I understand I guess what it means to be human to act human to function in the you know in the human race Um, I think religions have kind of touched on it too one could say like the golden rule for example is kind of an example of humanity discovering that giving love and receiving love is the ultimate thing you can do. Uh, That's obviously circumstantial for individuals, but to me, that's kind of what it means to uh, have that energy given back and forth that's really positive, and we're all in this shit together. We're all in this floating rock in the middle of space, and this whole thing functions better when we are together versus Mm. not. Sure. And back to Q, he kind of gut checks us sometimes and tells us to, you know, hey, you know, you guys used to fight over resources. You would divide your land up. So in the big sense, finding your humanity could lead to those next step in human evolution, caring for people, passing certain legislation that protects people, certain things like that. So finding your humanity to me is... Uh, understanding your positive impact in your role in the community of the human race. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that basically ties right in with what you were saying, Aaron, with both compassion and understanding your place mm. in like the larger scheme of things. Yeah. I, I have a thought and this might be, I don't mm. know how this is going to come off, but memetics, like when, when you see a meme that millions of other people have seen and liked already, and you see it for the first time and it touches you too, you're like, oh, that's true for my life. And you see how much, how many other people have thought the same thing as you. Something there too. Memes. Oh, I love that. You know, um, just storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. Finding the humanity when you're writing a script or something is finding those universal truths totally. amongst all of us, you know, that we're all in this together. That, you know, this is, we, we have the same kind of um, similar trials similar obstacles 
and we're we are much more alike than we are different. One hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, who needs to watch Star Trek? We got it figured out, boys. Yeah, All right, let's go. Thanks, thanks, everyone. <laughs> let's make our own space show. Yeah. I'm gonna drink this beer. We should start a band. <laughs> what? Millennials, we should start a TV show. <laughs> let's do it. Do slam poetry. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm yeah, sorry, world, for everything us hipsters have <laughs> unleashed upon the world. I'm not a fucking hipster. I'm not a I fucking ain't no fucking hipster. hipster. God, I'm no positive hipster. right now. <laughs> it's true. We are not drinking IPAs, so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Just we are drinking lagers, so we're regular, cool human beings, regular. not fucking hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did bring this beer that you should try, though. Let's let's take a break. Yeah. And I, like, yeah. <laughs> um. All right, well, let's see if this episode gives us any pointers on where we might discover our humanity. Um, yes, like we said, we are watching Deja Q. Um, this Again? Premi- Sorry. Uh, Deja <laughs> Q, Deja Q, Deja Q. <laughs> um, this premiered February 5th, 1990. This is the 13th episode produced for the third season. So all right, smack dab in the middle of the season. Um, while this isn't part of a twofer, like most of our episodes in this um, chunk are, this is a follow-up to the previous Q episode. So I guess this is kind of a non-contiguous twofer. Um, yeah, in our first batch of episodes, Q is a bit of a trickster god trying to crew, um, test the crew of the Enterprise. Um and then in the last episode we watched, he was recontextualized a bit as almost more of an ominous lesson giver. Um, so yeah, as our TNG renaissance continues, we'll see if um, the show continues to like recontextualize and find new aspects to explore in Q. Um, for those of you at home who are going to watch with us, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 3, Episode 13. And we will be back after we watch Deja Q. Once again, I've overstayed my welcome. As a human, I was ill-equipped to thank you. But as myself, you have my everlasting gratitude. Until next time. Ah, but before I go, there's a debt I wish to repay to my professor of the humanities. Data, I've decided to give you something very, very special. If your intention is to make me human, No, 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 no. I would never curse you by making you human. Think of it as a going away present. I do not know. 
it was a wonderful feeling. Yes, we just got done watching Deja Q. Um, in case you um, didn't watch it um, with us, or if you haven't seen it before, in this story, um, essentially Q comes back, um, but this time he has lost his powers. He has been kicked out of the Q continuum, and he's been exiled to live out the rest of his life as a human being. Um, the Q, uh, the crew isn't entirely convinced of this throughout the episode. Um, but they begrudgingly like give him a spot on the ship and they're trying to get his help, um, during this crisis. Um, and in the end, Q realizes he's not, oh, he also, he has some old enemies show up while he's vulnerable to try to take him out. Um, and eventually Q realizes he's not cut out to be a human, decides to sacrifice himself to save the ship and the situation at hand. And because of this selfless act, Q decide to reinstate him as one of them. Um, we'll start with initial thoughts. Um, Jake, what did you think of Deja Q? Boom. Pop. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Zinger the episode. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. What fun. Just one-liners left and right. Um facts. Facts. <laughs> so many facts. Slapping each other with their words. Like yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what a Hard. script. Uh firm agree. Girthy confirm. What an episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, my God, Zinger, I think is spot on. Um, <laughs> the whole, almost every line. I mean, so much of this script is John Delancey just dishing him out. It kind of mostly follows him. He's basically the POV character. Um, but Zinger after Zinger. Um, <laughs> um, Everyone gets a few in. I feel like that's true. Yeah, Guinan gets a couple in there. Data gets a couple. Picard, Picard yeah. Data. Even yeah. Riker gets a few in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guinan chooses violence. <laughs> that Guinan beef. Guinan beef. Not, that Wagyu A5 mm-hmm. Guinan beef. Not choice. <laughs> Stabs not him with a fork right in the hand. Like Guinan beef. Like old crazy tender, junior high yeah. girlfriend stuff. Yeah, she stabbed his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Guinan's darkest moment? And she's pretty like full of sage wisdom for most of the show, but this episode she's like she meant it though. You you saw it, like, mm-hmm. stabs the guy. <laughs> it's probably the least he deserves. Mm, for sure. Who can um, say? He, and what? What? Fifteen people died last episode <laughs> directly because of events that had motion by Q. No wonder they're all pissed at him throughout this whole episode. Um, yeah, Aaron. Initial thoughts coming off of Deja Q. Great episode. I'm so glad to be here <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, Troy still has nothing to do. Oh, my God. She doesn't. She just kind of sits there and gives bland observations that everyone can see. It seems you have an advocate cue. Yes, we all saw. We all saw, Deanna. She's like, why am I here? Why am I in, why am I in this meeting? Why am I serving on the ship? <laughs> That's Questioning awesome. all her career decisions. That's all she does is state the obvious. And it's like, oh, that poor Marina. I mean, they eventually figure Troy out and mm-hmm. give her stuff to do. It just takes almost the whole series to get there. Uh, I love Marina and I like Troy. Man, they just never know what to do with her. Come on. It's, it's too bad. Yeah, it's she does shame. basically nothing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone else got to have a little moment, not Troy. No, no, no. I know Wesley. No, I think oh, yeah. about it. No, no. Wesley. Oh, Didn't yeah. make it into the episode at all. Consider that. No Wesley Crusher. So many memes mm. come out of this episode and gifts and yeah, just like watch it and you're like, oh, there's one, there's one, there's one. 
like every five minutes or so a new one pops up yeah the famous picard face palm mm-hmm. one one of the famous picard face palms but right. probably the most famous one is in this uh, episode right oh my gosh the mariachi band mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. they were amazing <laughs> What a climax! Mm. This the mariachi band comes in. I think that's actually like a like a a funeral memorial song they're playing, if mm. I recall correctly. Oh. But like jazzed up. So there's a lot, of, a lot of joy that's happening. <laughs> so much joy happening in that moment. Very cute. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, getting into um the 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 q losing his power in this one is the whole central thesis um and it it gives it a this is the only q episode like this in every other episode q's got his powers and he's always in control of the situation this is the only one like this so it makes it really unique so coming off of what we watched i don't know how does this does this f- flesh out q more um how what what do we what am i trying to ask like um, how does like him losing his powers? I don't know. Elucidate him as a character. Um, do we feel like we get to know him better in this? I'm curious, like what that does to him, like him being vulnerable. How does that like change our perceptions on him? Well, uh, back to what we were talking about earlier, I guess it gives him a level of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, he now has to deal with the variables of being human eating, drinking, these sort of things. Mm -hmm. Survival mode. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, as the audience, we get to see a God-like person not be God-like anymore and that um, painful (laughs) transition for him. (laughs) But these are, you know, it's it's clever because these are things we deal with every day. Sure. Going to sleep, eating, drinking water, um, and every... uh, Everything that we do on a daily basis, he considers a nuisance. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fun to watch. Again, showing us ourselves, showing us uh, who we are through this other mm. entity. Mm. And, and on that same note, Data as well. He's not human either, but we get so much information about humans through him. Mm. Uh, both of them together, uh, observing humans tells us, much about ourselves. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of ways Data is kind of like the unsung hero of the episode, even though it's very much like a it it's, it is very it is the Q episode. It is his episode through and through. But Data, yeah, really offers another unique perspective. And some of their scenes together are really interesting. Probably the highlight of the episode is their the, scenes. This moment set up such an interesting correlation that I never thought about before, like uh, Data's path to humanity versus Q's. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and It'll be interesting to watch their characters both going forward and how they interact. Mm. Yeah, know. how he discusses the irony yeah. of how he aspires to be human and now Q's all fucking pissed that he's human. You're right, yeah. He, uh, it's Data's ultimate dream and the very same thing as Q's like worst nightmare. Um, it makes for some really interesting like uh, scenes between them as they both try to they're both trying to figure out humanity together, even though like data is like supposed to be his mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, watchdog, <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. like if you try anything, data will fuck you up. Mm. Um, I lo- it's interesting seeing because this is both an interesting, it's really smart how this works. I don't know how intentional all this is. Um, but Q comes across as extremely imperfect in this episode. It's almost like without his powers, it's like, oh, this guy is a fucking joke, like of a person. Um, it you makes it makes sense why he would act this way, but it's like, um, but it's interesting how that both it gives you an at this at the same time it gives you an interesting insight into him as a character, and also this idea of like humanity humanity is also very imperfect um and q is kind of it's almost like q embodies like our most imperfect self and is like if we were our most imperfect obnoxious self and we were constantly voicing just my back oh my god oh don't talk to me that way it's like 
Q almost gives like a voice. It feels like to that little imperfect, the the most imperfect self inside of you. Eating it, ten ice cream sundays. I want ten. Oh, I'm not hungry anymore. No, no filter. <laughs> impulsive. No. Completely self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. And it's because you know we talked about the beginning, like looking at humanity. Um. I think that is part of it. I, when when I look at Q, I'm like. He's very human. Um, and that little imperfect self, unfortunately, is probably all too recognizable for all of us, even if we're not always voicing it or giving like, everyone knows, like everyone kind of wants to be Q a lot of the time, just like, oh, fuck, yeah, shit, come on, this is the worst, blah, blah. <laughs> um, it can be easy to fall into that and then that becomes a habit and then you're in a bad place, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though I've seen these all before, it will be interesting going forward to just consider now that you kind of have that, we have this picture of Q in our head. He's not just the guy putting him on trial. He's not just the guy introducing him to the Borg. Now we've seen him at his complete worst when like, and the only reason why he gets by is they all, despite how much they all don't like him. And he says, it's like, I just knew if I came here, you would all like help me (laughs) because that's just what you guys do right claim asylum yeah claim asylum sanctuary (laughs) and they do try to save him at the end um feels like jordy's figured himself out in this episode lavar's got that character down uh michael doran's feeling wharf much better it seems he looks mm. tough he looks angry like a klingon you know Mm. he's feeling those shoes much better Jordy for sure, man. He he asserts himself a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge. You will listen. Telling Q what's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That little moment with Beverly and and Q is awesome as well. And she like gives him the <laughs> the back rub. The, <laughs> the medical devices are so funny. She's like, oh yeah, I got something for that. And just bruh, oh, oh the old God. back fixer upper device. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, he gets lots of little good moments with everyone. Um. Yeah, as that's a good that's a good point. Like, because um, we have been kind of watching these characters grow, and um, and especially when we're talking about, like you said, Jake, Q's an interesting barometer for the show. That's a good observation that like they all play off each other and with Q really well. The whole show and cast feels maybe this is the sh- the most comfortable the show has felt about itself yeah and all the episodes we've watched it's a different cast almost mm. yeah like they're the comfortable end, in the their costumes like, they're comfortable in what they're saying their yeah lingo. um not as stiff anymore and, and we we had seen them like they've been laxing up a bit but it really feels palpable here very relaxed really easy just to kind of just go like get all right yeah it's got that kind of comfy blanket feeling now when before there was a little bit more of a I don't know what attention still there between them all. Um, but you know, that ties into, because I was thinking about, as I was watching this, I was like, and I think you said this while we're watching Aaron, it's like, Oh yeah, we really could have finished the episode or something like this where it's like, basically when we're talking about what is it to discover humanity and we had like compassion and community were the two big answers. I'm like, Oh my God, they basically directly, just said it. <laughs> Just say it in this episode. There was a meme. <laughs> um, both of you, ten out of ten, hundred percent, spot on the money. At least, in, at least in terms of calling the Star Trek perspective on humanity, um, compassion and community. Um, yeah, data basically says as much. Um, and it, it's incredible. The maybe it's just because Q doesn't have the power, but there's such a sense of power between them all. All together, they feel so much more than Q does. <laughs> they have this shared experience, too, you know, all this past with Q, so they can rally together against this common enemy. Yeah. All of a sudden, I love how they don't quite trust that they have the stick of power. Mm-hmm. And, but over time, when they do understand that they do have, like, all control mm-hmm. over this person, they choose not to, like, seek vengeance. Mm. No, yeah, it's one of the interesting, that's true. and like he says, that's one of the reasons why I came here. Despite everything I've done, I knew you guys would help me out the best you can because of who you, you know, your Starfleet, your Federation. <laughs> they do. Like we're still gonna <laughs> roast you, but 
Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also interesting seeing how much of a. Uh, does he does he feel does he feel consistent in the sense like this episode is so much more jokey does that still feel more or less in line do we feel like they play that up at all like him being a jokester in this one compared to the others i think it's a product of someone because at a certain point these writers are coming at it from like looking at different psychological disorders different like like how do we write this character as a human you know he's very narcissistic to me Right, classic narcissist, and he kind of has a paradigm shift moment where he becomes self-aware of how he is. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's just oh yeah, self-discovery, cool." And then he just goes right back into it. The moment he gets his powers back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a jokester in this one. Where uh, you've called him a trickster, we've mentioned him being a trickster in the other ones. Where he's not like that in this one, because uh, he can't be. <laughs> He doesn't have the the tools to to play the tricks on people. No. So uh, exactly. So he like yeah. He resorts to humor. Re- right. Yeah. Right. That's how he can get his digs in. Mm, it's like going from a trickster god to like the court jester mm-hmm. is almost mm-hmm. what he turns into. Like oh yeah, I know exactly what card. I just become the the helpless meager guy who makes people laugh. Mm-hmm. And I will survive. What's funny too is that other Q being also has this kind of, I don't know the word for it, jokey attitude about the world, a very happy-go-lucky, um, very animated mm-hmm. style of delivery. So that, I found that kind of interesting. Similar and they vibe. called each other, hey, Q, what's up, Q? We are Q. Q. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we get to see our first... A race uh, of Lokis. It, yeah. That's exactly it. He feels very much in that same kind of vibe. They both have Loki energy. Mm. But they're all like that. Loki, 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 Loki. Um, oh, God. Like cynical Gallifreyans. <laughs> yeah. Also very kind of time lordy, but just like if they were just going around, if they just had no re- no regard for anything, mm-hmm. even more so. <laughs> They've been around for so long, they're just tired of it. And they're so like, bleh. They're just... I've seen it all, man. Seen it all. Um, yeah. In case uh, for those who don't know, um, that's the other cue is played by Corbin Burnson, making a cameo appearance from L.A. Law, which was huge at the time. Um, so he comes in and plays Q two. Um, who? Q who? <laughs> Corbin Burnson from L.A. Law. Corbin Burnson. I know. Huge at the time. Haven't um, I seen him in something? Oh, Deja Q. Deja, de, wow, Deja Q. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've kind of been talking a little bit about how each episode has also kind of looked a little bit more at the Q continuum. Yeah, what's the feeling on... We get, little, I don't know, a little more insights, and this is about our, probably our biggest peak we ever get just because we see another one. Um, I don't know, what's the feel on the, like what we're seeing of the continuum right now, what we're dealing with? Yeah, what's their deal? <laughs> mm-hmm. what is their deal like it seems like they just all go out and fuck with other people and then judge each other on how that went who did you fuck with today oh you didn't do that very well you're out <laughs> <laughs> oh who did you fuck with today oh you know you did pretty good you're back in <laughs> <laughs> right just so what, what are you doing so flippant and just arbitrary what he said the universe has been my backyard for so long right yeah those little realizations he has Mm -hmm. like this is where you are this is who you are right now yeah that's interesting it's almost like like he's like a kid and like if just a kid if you're since they perceive everything everything is just a backyard and then just imagine just being in your backyard for millions of years and billions of years just gives you such a childish perspective on everything yeah. it's almost like a little kid being trapped in their backyard for eternity and then when they're re- removed from that it's like oh the real world <laughs> oh, <laughs> life no. is absurd none of this matters do you think there was any kind of this was this was something in the back of my mind as i was watching this and i'm curious just because star trek does have this kind of anti-capitalist bent do you think this is also some kind of allegory for like or looking trying to consider like what if like some giant wealthy powerful person in our society 
had this huge, like think about someone like Donald Trump um, and someone who just ends up getting all this power, but then completely losing it all, losing everything. And then just like, I don't know how to be a human. I don't think I'd be a good one. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I had a thought that kind of gave me goosebumps. It's like, usually people talk about growth as like stepping out of the comfort zone, stepping out of the backyard, stepping out of the sandbox for someone like you. It's someone like Donald Trump. It's like, you have to step back in Mm -hmm. to a smaller space for growth because you've been in the biggest space for so long that you have no real perspective of what it means to be. Yeah. Totally alien in the tiny like playpen. Mm -hmm. That's not a perspective I had considered as I was watching it. Yeah. I've never thought about it either. It was just something that kind of popped in my head while I was watching this time. Um, I actually had kind of the feeling almost, uh, opposite of that in a way that like Q almost represents the every man in a lot of ways <laughs> in the sense that coming full circle, these universal truths, um, he represents a lot of these things that all humans can relate to hunger, sleep. And, um, it's humbling to watch him be humbled by these things. And, um, data also is there to kind of show us that, Although we sometimes struggle um, with these nuisances or annoyances, we should not take them for granted. They should be something we cherish and uh, we will miss when we don't have them. Or we should be grateful that we can do them at all in this world. Totally. It informs your abilities. Like the things that you think are just automatic, like getting up, eating food, you know, breathing, I drinking like water, like Inform your all ability. the, all the things that you consider to be like things you have to do as a human just to survive. That's a lot, you know, like, and it is, <laughs> if you're doing those things, congratulations. Cause you're doing a lot of work. Mm. Something that we do take for granted. I think is the, just the things you have to do to, to keep living. Yeah. And that's where, that's where we have both of their perspectives are so interesting is that that's what's Q is really focusing on like the seemingly mundane stuff. Um, but then data is also basically like dropping facts and just like, Mm -hmm. but this is what it is to be human essentially. And like, as if that's like, no, but that's like, that's, that's the experience. It's like what he's trying to get across to him, you know, which is really interesting. Like, cause you can see data has this perspective of not taking it for granted at all. Like, um, and it's really interesting to see there's almost like part of the human acceptance is, embracing that just embracing like yeah this is how it is but that's but that's what makes you human you know really interesting um do you think we would all have the compassion and sense of community to be as forgiving and redeeming of q you know timing is everything (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah you like to think so yeah i mean of course I mean, cause you always sometimes want to see some of these people fall so bad and you know, they do when it's actually put in front of you and it, I don't know. Do you have that same sense or feeling to some degree? It's ugly. Yeah. It's it is ugly. ugly. <laughs> yeah. And when it is put in front of you, it's uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like they're face to face with their own mm-hmm. wretchedness as you know, <laughs> You know, that is part of the, like, oh, my God. I mean, Q shows up completely naked in the beginning, and it's just like, a, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, they and they immediately help him. Put clothes on him. Yeah, you know. Yes. I like to think we would do the same. Yeah. You can't just let someone sit there just, like, naked. Just, <laughs> oh! Help me. <laughs> that mass like, of clothes. It goes back to what you said a little bit about him being the everyman. I think it's, like, an examination of what we should be looking at in ourselves. Like you need to be able to see the wretched naked person in yourself and be able to show that to people to a certain point, maybe like a professional and talk to that person about that person inside of you and help have them help you work on it, have them help you put clothes on that person and, and guide them through it as well. You know? Yeah. We don't talk about, we haven't mentioned the redemption here, you know? Q reaches a point in this episode where he actually redeems himself and um, 
yeah, that's a great human lesson. <laughs> he sacrificed, like, he saves the crew of the Enterprise, and he saves million, millions of people on the planet. Inter- it definitely puts Q in an interesting perspective. You know, 15 people died last time. This episode, he's he goes out of, he doesn't have to do this, but he saves millions of people's lives in this episode. Kind of interesting. Um, I, it's fascinating that he loses his powers, but he keeps his knowledge. He keeps so much. He keeps all that experience, these memories. Imagine what you could do in the mortal world, even if as helpless and and not knowing like the basics yeah. as he is. Like he can't eat, he can't sleep, or whatever. But like he could kill it in this galaxy with all that knowledge, right? He could be very successful if he just got his shit together a little bit. Data gets to laugh. That's so enjoyable. Oh yeah, we we we, we <laughs> oh, have to God. talk about that last moment for sure. Um, yeah. touch my little heart. It gets me every time. I always like it's such a joyful moment, just pure joy. Meme. The, yeah, the laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love. It's such a, it's such a good note to end the episode on. Like, because you know, this is. I would say this is a comedy. It. it plays like a comedy like it doesn't end in tragedy or anything like that a lesson is learned you know jokes a minute but i love just how but there are there you know if you really but there are serious things they're looking at in this episode some human existential stuff they're looking at in this episode um uh, what it is to be human and accepting that what you know and it's like compassion and um, community, but also the imperfect, ugly stuff and just uh, the mundane. There's just so much they're looking at in this one episode. And in the end, it all ends with a laugh, you know, data being able to laugh. And that's the most joyful human moment he gets. What a note to end on. Um, cause it's, it's, you can't help but laugh a little and, but you're feeling so much joy and like understanding. It's like, Oh dude. Yeah. When you boil it all down, that's it. If you ask me, it's like, just be able to laugh just like that in a moment like that. Like, Oh, and the laugh itself is so good. Oh, and it just keeps going. (laughs) It makes you laugh so hard with him. It's really, really nice. The fact that he wasn't even nominated for an Emmy. Like if that's an Emmy, win, if there are Emmy winning moments, that's it. He never got nom. No, at all. No. Oh, man. What a disservice. For moments like that, I'm like, that is oh, a yeah. such a brilliant acting moment. He's so good. Um, yeah, good performances all around. John Delancey and Brent Spiner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Putting in the work. Mm, and Corbin Burnson. <laughs> Corbin Burnson? <laughs> wow. <laughs> one of us. One of us. He's not. Um, <laughs> should we do a, a little, just a couple things of behind the scenes before we do final thoughts. Sure, sure. Um, so I guess in the original pitch for this episode, it was Q was faking losing his powers. And there was this whole political situation where they were potentially going to, things were suddenly escalating with the Klingons. And in the original draft, Q was faking his powers and keeping everyone guessing. And in the end, it was this whole little thing where he could like, in the end, save the day and come across as this huge hero to everyone. Um, but I guess when they gave it to, cause Gene Roddenberry was still involved, even though he had, you know, taken a back seat when they gave it to him, he was like, just do it straight. Actually have him lose his powers. Like if you're going to like play with the idea, like actually play with the idea. And the showrunner at this point, Michael Piller, he said like, it was a huge lesson for me as a writer. I was like, yeah, that would have been fun. But this allowed them to just like, just, just actually explore the idea of Q losing his powers. And they got so much more out of it. Um, like quintessential Star Trek stuff, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. It finally makes Q relatable. Right. We, we don't all know what it's like to lose omnipotent powers, but we've all experienced loss mm-hmm. to a degree, to some sort. Vulnerability. And yeah, absolutely. So I think that was a very wise choice to keep it that way. So you said that was like a, a death <laughs> memorial to- song, the, yeah, I think the, the song, I'd have to look it up. I think the mariachi, mariachi song is actually some sort of like song they play at uh, like a funeral or a memorial or something like that. He's playing that to like the death of the cue that he once knew. He's, He's like, I'm born. a brand new crazy cue now. Just you wait, Captain. 
<laughs> yeah, these random laughs are because we're watching this celebration on the bridge of the Enterprise with mariachi band. I'm a Q with compassion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your fantasy women. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I don't need your fantasy women. <laughs> Seconds later, Riker's going down to Holodeck 2 to have fun with Minuet. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Frakes. His face is he's getting a little bigger. Yeah. A little more. He's not the once slim, taut, beardless Riker he once was. Mm-hmm. He has turned on to full on, like, I don't know, what? Teddy Bear, everyone's <laughs> best friend. Yeah. Riker. Yeah, Daddy Riker. Gunfingers guy. <laughs> Guy will have a beer with you in 10 forward. Mm-hmm. There's a point. But he probably shouldn't. <laughs> there's a point where a man can, like, choose the beard and a point where a man, like, needs the beard mm. to hide the, the extra chins. Mm. <laughs> extra chins. The beard yeah. chooses you. Yeah. But, you know, he wears that beard so well. Um, Kills there's, it. There's a reason why one of the euphemisms for, like, when the show got good is when the show grows a beard. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, yeah... There's, because Riker wears that beard really well. With Deep Space Nine, too. Great beard. And Voyager. It, like, it, it gets really good when Janeway grows her beard. Grows her beard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, that one is literally when like Janeway finally lets her hair down. Mm-hmm. And the show gets good. That's that version. And she loses the space bun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Cisco literally shaves, grows the goatee. And, goes, and becomes oh, yeah. the single most full badass bake. captain in the entire Star Trek franchise. Goes full Avery. Full Avery. Uh, he's so good. Full Hawk. Yeah. Um, in the opening scene, John Delancey actually did shoot that scene nude. Um, just because of the setup of the shot, they're like, there really isn't a way to do this unless you're naked and make it. And otherwise, otherwise it's going to be obvious that you're not. So he, day of, you know, he goes on with the towel and eventually like, okay, we're ready for you, John. And he just has to, bear it all in front of everyone and they hoist him like he said it was he said because of that this whole episode is one of the hardest things he had to do and a good naked hoisting good little naked hoisting in front of it everyone Damn, full monty full q in front of everyone um q how fun your p <laughs> i thought i was the p <laughs> um any final thoughts on deja q or did we already do final thoughts? I have I have a bit of deja vu. <laughs> final thoughts? Get to that panel or get the hell out of here. <laughs> Go watch it. It's worth your time. Yeah, I think it's easy to maybe forget about this one as one of the great... This is, this is a genuinely, like, this isn't just a good episode. I think this is, like, like I said, more or less on par with the last one. This is a great episode of Star Trek. That was the most fun I've had watching Star Trek in a long time. I was watching this one. Yeah. So good. I agree. Um... And a great showcase for Star Trek doesn't always nail comedy. I think they nail it in this one. All It all comes from the natural situation. Um, great episode. Well, all right. Um, better than Q-Who. What do, you, what do you think? Better or really just... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Are we still on the upward trajectory? Great. Q-Who is awesome. Everything it needed to be. But the cast and all the pieces are fitting together better as a whole. And you can tell it's mm. just, it's streets ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The chemistry just keeps getting better right. and mm. better and better and better. And you can tell that the cast is beginning to not only like tolerate each other, but genuinely like each other. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's like episode more or less on par, but the show is better. Mm-hmm. And that, and just that, that their vibe puts it up a notch. Well, and I like, I like this episode too, um, uh, from the perspective that, how do I articulate this? In Q, uh, the other one. Q who? Yeah, Q who. He uh, creates a scenario himself that only he can solve. And I don't know, that that plot was a little. Mm. um, I mean, it's great to see the Borg and all of those things. But at, at the root of it, it's just. Q creating a problem mm. and then solving it himself mm. just to pat himself on the back. Whereas this one, not that at all. Mm-mm. Complete vulnerability. We have an, an outside problem that we need to come together to fix. Mm. We don't have a choice but to come together to fix it mm. instead of making humans beg for help. Mm. Um, I'll end tighter script. 
Tweet. Type. Like Uh, every line. All right. Well, there you go. Um, Deja Q, even better than Q. Like, we have just kept the ball rolling on Q. It keeps getting better and better. Well, hell yeah. Corbin Burnson. Corbin (laughs) Burnson. Captain, what's your deads? (laughs) What what do you do? do No, seriously. Um, Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on and watching Deja Q with us. A pleasure. This was a pleasure. Yeah. It almost feels like you were just here. Just here doing this with us. Feels that way. Days of future past. It was that Days way. Days of future past. Don't Deja. sue us. It is that way. Days of future Q. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant title. Use it. Green light. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, we will have you back on to watch more Q, Jake. Excellent. Can't wait. Hmm. Um. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for watching. Um. Next week we're going to be doing we're going to be starting a new twofer. Um, um, during this TNG Renaissance, we've looked at a few things how they've um, they've really focused on their little character centric morality plays. They've raised the stakes of the show, and I think in this one we just saw like and now they've finally gotten like comfortable with the fucking show. Um, so. Um, in our next twofer, we're going to look at specifically and because this was also a concerted effort. Um, at the, during this whole period of the show was they were really trying to start to loosen things up. Um, one of the criticisms in the first two seasons was that it was like, it, it was too stiff. Um, um, so this next little twofer we're going to be doing is our little loosey goosey t- uh, twofer. Um, and we're going to start with probably the, the aspect that got the most criticism from being too stiff, even though he was lauded for his performance people did think Patrick Stewart or Captain Picard specifically was a, was a bit stiff. Um, in this next episode we're going to watch, it's going to be them. The, the, the actual point of the episode was in the writer's room. It's like, we are going to loosen Captain Picard up in this episode. Um, we're going to be watching captain's holiday. Um, oh, buckle up, buckle up everyone. We're going to see Captain Picard relax the fuck out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And our very good friend Mindy Barnes is going to be coming on and watching the show with us. Yeah. Wow. Next week only. We'll have to wait. It's not like they're here right now sitting next to Jake. (laughs) 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 Um, But next week. Oh, my God. Who's next? Oh, my God. yeah, next week, Mindy Barnes with us. Looking forward to it. Um, Aaron, thank you so much. Always a treat. Thanks, Jaren. This was really fun today. Um, yeah, really fun. Thank you, uh, Jake. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. It's always, Appreciate you. It's, I love the sad ones, but it's nice to have a good chuckle with, with your mates. <laughs> <laughs> but we have sad ones coming down the line, so don't worry, everyone. We won't let you down. You'll get tears and laughs on this show. Mostly tears. <laughs> Mostly tears. <laughs> and a few mids. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Until next time, toodaloo. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com, or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.